Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And, you know, every time I say this, I, I mean it even more deeply. I'm so thankful that you listen to these shows and that you really want to be the best version of yourself. And I really applaud that. And I'm excited that we are raising up some people that are actually going to be those people that others want to follow and want to emulate. And so I put together a show today that I think is going to be helpful. It, well, it helped me as I wrote it. So... I know that there are some things about this life that are very difficult, and life is hard. And that is a saying that we have heard over and over again, that life is hard. And so what that led me to was thinking about, okay, so life is really hard. So is there a legitimate need for vices, maybe? I mean, we all, at one point or another in, in our lives, have in, indulged, imbibed in different types of vices. And I want to just kind of remind you about life and how gracious and kind God is. So imagine fighting in World War II without any alcohol, or going to the hospital to have a tumor removed and there's no anesthesia. So herein lies the difference. The situation is different than our everyday life, even though our emotional realm may not agree. So I want to explore what vices really are. So think about that last statement I made, that the situation in our life, in our everyday life, may feel like we're in a war zone. But we have to be realistic about what we feel and what's actually valid. And see, our emotional realm is always active and it's wanting to protect us. So it starts sending messages to the brain that says, this is horrible, this is unendurable, this is unbearable. You know, we need something to make it feel better so we can tolerate what's happening in our life. So I want you to think about this, that the emotional realm is quite uh, compelling. And I want us to explore what vices really are, why we need, you know, to always use caution when using them. And if we're not careful, the vice becomes more important than our own life and usually overrides our moral code. 
and leads us into very painful, painful addictions. And it creates terrible relational problems, legal problems, and health problems. So the slippery sliding slope of vices. Well, I came up with a saying for you today. And this made a lot of sense to me. And so here's my saying. Craving the feeling without needing the healing. What does that really mean? It means I just want the pain to go away. And I'm wanting to do it without really taking responsibility for my own healing. So I'm wanting to take the easy route. So I want you to think about that. I'm craving the feeling of being okay and feeling good and, and feeling safe or feeling healed. But I'm, I'm really wanting that feeling, but I don't want to actually heal. I don't want to go through the healing process. So I hope that that makes sense to you and maybe causes you to stop and think. So let's first talk about vices. They've been around for a long time. The Bible talks about them. They've been here since Adam and Eve. So there are some common human vices. And so when you think about the word vice, it can be defined as a bad habit, an ongoing pattern of behaviors that represents moral weaknesses or depravities. So are you a depraved person because you indulge in a vice? Well, some vices are actions, and they're often considered to be evil or wicked, while others are more self-indulgent in nature. So when we think about this, we have seven examples of common human vices. And again, I want you to remind yourself to go back to one of the things that God is so gracious about is pain. He understands pain. So he gives the opportunity for there to be things we can take advantage of to help lower the pain. Now, that doesn't mean he wants us to become dependent so that we're so weak we can't tolerate any kind of pain without a vice. So here are seven examples of common human vices. All right, anger. That's the first one we'll talk about. While not all anger is an example of a vice, the type of anger that leads to hatred or a deeply held desire for revenge or extreme resentment against others, that falls into the category of a vice. Because I'm now using anger to either prop myself up, to give myself excuses for bad behavior, or it just feels easier because it helps me not be close to humans. And it gives me excuses for why I do what I do. So anger rises to the level of vice when it's so strong or so deeply held that the person comes to despise or feel rage towards specific individuals or groups or of people to such a degree that they want to actually exact revenge or otherwise bring harm to others. Well, think about our country right now and what it's going through. Hatred and anger is a favorite vice right now, and it feels justified, and people aren't even really sorry about it. And it gives them permission to mistreat other people. So what's another vice? How about this one? Arrogance, right? Arrogance and self-confidence are very different. Maybe they come off the same sometimes, but I want you to think about, while people should take pride in their work and feel proud of their accomplishments, 
when pride is taken to the extreme, it becomes arrogance. And people who are arrogant tend to have this elevated sense of self-worth. And it leads them to believe that they're better than other people. And because they're better than other people, they're above the law. So they tend to see themselves as superior to others. And as a result, their behavior tends to come across as conceited. Other people sometimes describe arrogant individuals as what we said, that old saying, that old way of describing it as stuck up, right? And so we have to remind ourselves, arrogance is very different than confidence. See, confidence says, I've worked really hard on this skill. I've, I've learned, I've studied, I've practiced, and so I'm really good at this skill. That's different than arrogance and pride. Because arrogance and pride put people into different categories. And some may be, I don't know, more worthy, and others, ah, we can do without them. That's what arrogance and pride does. So what's our next one, our next evil <laughs> quality, right? Envy. So what do you think about when you hear the word envy? Have you ever experienced it? I know I have. I've seen people look a certain way, drive a certain car, have a certain, I don't know, house or whatever they have or clout or money or whatever it might be. And I've had times in my life where I really, you know, came very close to actually indulging in envy. Thankfully, God really helped me. And I recognized that maybe I don't need to be envious, but maybe I am wishing I had some of the same thing. So that is more of a loss. And if I let it be a loss instead of competing and, and envying what that person has and even beginning to wish bad things on that person because I'm so mad that they have it and I don't, leads us to selfishness, right? And so what we want to think about is envy is an individual who wants what other people have or even what they perceive other people may have, regardless of whether or not they really do. So rather than being happy for the achievements of others, envious individuals, they can feel slighted and jealous when they believe that others have gained something that they feel maybe is lacking in their own life. So it leads to a general sense of dissatisfaction with one's own situation and a desire to have or take what belongs to others. That's where that really unhealthy competition comes into play. Where it's like, why, I, I say to clients many times, why would you even compete with another person? You want to compete with yourself. See, I can't do what other people do positively. I can't even mess up like other people do. And they can't do it the way I do it. There's really no competition when we're dealing with humans that are unique. So we want to say to ourselves, why, why am I trying to compete with someone when I have qualities they don't have? I have abilities they may not be able to do. So we want to understand this. That this gives us a huge sense of dissatisfaction with our own situation and how we feel about ourselves, and we start to maybe even want to disconnect from ourselves. We start to hate ourselves because we think we're not as good as this other person that we are envying. And we kind of like 
weigh and measure humans as to whether they're where their value lies and if they have value or if I'm above them or below them, whatever that may be. And you end up getting the most ugly emotions and it's quite painful. So I want you to think about when you hear me talk about these different qualities. Hey, are you indulging in one now? Have you overcome it in the past? Is it right around the corner? Maybe it's getting pretty close to you being able to say, wow, if I, if I even talk to that person, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be so jealous. Whatever that feeling may be. So I want you to consider when we are talking about vices, I want you to be really, really honest with yourself. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about vices and what they do to our well-being. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And also for just encouraging your friends and family, co-workers to listen to the podcast as well. They really are for the enrichment of our lives. And I can tell you that just writing them over all these years that I've been doing this show has truly enriched my life and has given me a much different way of doing life. And so I want you to think about this. If you're just now tuning in, we are talking about this idea of vices and what are vices. And so I I entitled this show as Life is Hard. Life is Hard. Is there a legitimate need for vices? Is there a legitimate need? Well, imagine fighting in World War II without any alcohol, right? Any anesthesia, you know, you're right in the middle of the battle, your leg's half hanging off, somebody has to come and cut it off for you and wrap it up so it stops bleeding. Imagine that life. We don't have that life. So vices are really a very necessary part of the human condition because what it does is it helps to cut down on the shock and the horror of what may need to happen to your body in order for you to live. So imagine going to the hospital to have a tumor removed and there's no anesthesia. And they're like, hey, just you know, bite on this stick. We'll get that tumor out as fast as we can and we'll sew you up as fast as we can, right? Wow, horribly painful. So when we think about this, we recognize that life is hard. But there's this slippery sliding slope about justifying vices. So I came up with this, saving, this, this um, saying, and I want you to think about this, and that's that craving the feeling without needing the healing. So what does that really mean? It means that I just want to feel good without doing the hard work. And so I'm craving that feeling when really nothing's that wrong with me other than maybe I'm upset a little bit. Maybe I got my feelings hurt. And so the worst thing that we could do is say, I'm not going to work on having a life that I'm enjoying and feel safe in. I'm just going to hope that it happens, that it magically happens one day I wake up and my life is great. So I want you to think about this. If you're craving feeling good without needing what it takes to feel good, like as if you were harmed, then what's going to happen 
is that every time you go to a substance or a behavior, you will end up becoming weaker and weaker and weaker, which means that every little hardship will feel like a major and you won't be able to handle anything. And it will lead you to needing more and more use of vices. So in the last segment, we talked about different types of vices that humans indulge in. And we left off on the one that when we talked about envy. So I want to go to another one that Americans really imbibe in. And that's gluttony. I don't know, have you ever <laughs> overindulged with food? Have you ever, you know, got your feelings hurt and thought, I'm just going to go eat a whole box of chocolate chip cookies? You know, gluttony is one of these things that gives such a temporary fix. I mean, it really does feel good. But what it leaves behind, not so good, right? We end up gaining weight. Then we don't like that. Then we feel bad. Then we need to maybe eat more. And it becomes this vicious cycle. And so the gluttony issue is what we do as humans to just try to soothe a hurt feeling or soothe a feeling that says I'm not good enough or why didn't they call me? Why didn't they ask me to go? Or nobody likes me. You know, whatever that, that feeling is, I want you to say to yourself, I cannot fix it with food. If that were the case, God would have shown us how to do it a long time ago. I wish it worked. It doesn't. It just gives more heartache. So I want you to think about, wow, if I'm dealing with gluttony, that, that refers to eating or drinking to an excess on a habitual basis, right? And it, it doesn't really refer to a simple act of overeating. Okay, all of us overeat at different points in our lives. But the gluttony piece is that that becomes consuming to the extreme. And see, gluttony represents this extravagant form of overindulgence as a matter of habit. And this is someone who is, you know, who we, we consider a glutton, takes more than his or her share, even if it means that there's not enough to meet the basic needs of other people. Gluttony can also include the habitual excessive consumption of alcohol, to the point of extreme drunkenness and even passing out, right? Maybe even becoming addicted to alcohol. So we know that alcohol and sugar are quite addicting. And as adults, we want to be very careful about how we're treating our body because we really only get one body, and this is it. Well, let's think about the next one. How about greed? What do you think about greed? See, greed is an example of a vice. People who are motivated by greed seek to add to their material wealth, right? Even at the expense of the well-being of others. And it's often compulsive, and it has no regard to who it might harm. And it has a laser-like focus on continuing to accumulate wealth or material possessions. And in its extreme... This person can never be satisfied. No matter how much they accumulate, greed becomes avarice. And that is very dangerous. So we want to make sure that we are working on being content. If you have tendencies toward greed that a little it just isn't enough, and if I need more, that's better, then I want you to think about how can I find ways 
to have really good, really satisfying feelings that have nothing to do with accumulating stuff or becoming more popular or becoming prettier or richer or stronger, whatever that might be, we need to look at what's going on with my self-esteem that I'm not good enough just because of who I am, that I somehow don't measure up and I need to elevate myself to somehow feel good about myself. And I get greedy in wanting that attention and wanting all that complimenting. So let's think about that because it will really turn against us and eat us up from the inside out. And you will, be get, you will become more violent emotionally. You'll become more aggressive because it becomes such a deep-seated need that you can't live without it. And it has the tendency to cause people to go against their own value system and hope that they're not going to be found out. So the next one that we're going to look at is, how about our, our favorite friend sometimes being lust? And lust does not necessarily just mean sexual. Lust can be defined as this overwhelming craving to satisfy a desire. So it's most commonly used to describe a strong sense of sexual need. But lust is not simply feeling physically attracted to another person. It's more extreme and it's more self-centered. It's being more of a drive to gratify one's own needs and desires without regard to the impact on other people. So the vice of lust isn't about romantic interest or love, but self-gratification. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of qualities and how we deal with them. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversation with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. So glad that you joined today. And I want to encourage you to go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Lots of things there for you. And we have study guides that go along with the the uh, podcast that, that I do, and all kinds of different ways that you can really help to be the best version of you and not competing with anyone else but yourself. And so today, if you're just now tuning in, we're talking about this idea of life is hard. Life is hard. And we, you know, if you've ever read the book from Scott Peck, that's, that's his saying, life is hard. And so the need for vices, the need for overindulgence can sound very logical and can, we can really convince ourselves that this is not just a want, this is a need. Well, this is where we come down to, is there a legitimate need for vices? I don't know. What are you, I want you to think about this. What are your thoughts on that? Is there a legitimate need for vices? And my, the first one that, that I tell people about is I say, well, imagine fighting in a world war, maybe like World War II or the Civil War, and those soldiers had no alcohol, and they're getting their leg cut off, right, just to make sure they survive. So there is a need for these types of things, vices, maybe, in, in different varying degrees. But we have to know what we're doing and where it's, where it's um, emulating from. We have to know, hey, is, is this something that is actually a need 
that I am having, and it most likely will be temporary. And if it is a need, how long am I going to indulge in it? So it's the same thing for people that are in the hospital. They have a huge surgery, and they get pain, you know, painkillers regularly. And the reasoning for that is to calm their brain and body down from having too much pain, and it makes it impossible to heal well. So that's legitimate. But hey, if I just got my feelings hurt and the only way I know how to feel better is to go, you know, have a beer or something, that might not be a good idea. So when we think about the situation, you know, it's very different than our everyday life when we compare it to the Civil War. So even though our emotional realm may not agree, because our emotional realm really thinks that feelings are true. And so it forgets that that feeling may pass if I give it a chance. So if I don't give myself a chance to let the feeling pass, I may then be compelled to go indulge in some type of vice in order to feel better. So one of the things I work with with all of my clients is tolerance. I want them to be able to tolerate pain at some level. I don't want them to be able to tolerate getting their leg cut off with no anesthesia, right? But if I get my feelings hurt... I don't need to necessarily go and have a cocktail because of it, right? Or go spend a ton of money to assuage, you know, whatever feeling I'm having. I want to be strong enough to handle negative feelings in a positive way. That doesn't mean it's always pretty, but I want to be able to say, hey, that negative feeling that I'm having, maybe there's some justification for it. But do I want to let it guide me? and color my whole day, or, or how I think about all these different people that are maybe in my life. So we may need to use a vice at different times, but we need to use caution. So if we're not careful, that vice may become more important than our life, may override our moral code, and it may lead us into very painful addictions relational problems, legal problems. And so the very thing we thought that vice was going to do for us, was, which was to help us feel better, now turns on us. So we need to be really, really careful and very adult as we are considering the, the issue of pain and how we're going to manage it in a way that doesn't then harm us. So this can be a very slippery sliding slope. So when we think about you know, common human vices, well, we say to ourselves, okay, I'm human. Is this vice helping me or hurting me? Because a vice in and of itself has no morality. It's how it's used. It's what you decide to do with it, how long you decide to indulge in a vice. That has more than anything to do, that, that, that is more important than what you are actually trying to achieve. You need to understand what you're doing. You need to say to yourself, I can take this painkiller. Do I need to do that? Now, I don't want you to be reckless and say, well, I'm going to gut it out. I'm just going to push through and I'll be fine. Because that can do some harm to you as well. Pain can be very detrimental to the human body if it's not managed. So we need to be an adult about this. We need to say to ourselves, okay, vices are just simply something I can choose to do or choose not to do. 
So this is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk more about this idea of life is hard and how do we manage vices. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and I'm so glad that you are tuning in today. And thank you so much for sharing the show with your friends and family. And I want you to take advantage of what we have for you um, on the website. We have study guides that correspond with the show. If you want to do that with a group, if you want to do it by yourself and have maybe a deeper dive into maybe what you know, is really causing you some pain or something that you may want to be more educated on. So I appreciate all of you telling your friends and family about the show as well. And I want you to know that this show today is probably not one of my favorite ones. I don't like talking about it as much. I think it's really necessary. And it's one of these things that we have to contend with. And that is that life is hard. And that means that one of the ways that we manage how hard, how painful, how scary, how sad life is, is maybe by the use of vices. And so what I'm wanting you to think about is as an adult, I can recognize that a vice may be very necessary. But if I'm indulging in a vice because I don't want to grow, I don't want to be a stronger, healthier person, then that vice is going to make me weaker. If I'm using a vice appropriately, it actually helps me heal and it makes me stronger. And so we look at the issue of food, right? Well, what would we do if we had no food? We'd all starve to death and die. But if we let food be a vice, it's now harming us because it's putting extra, extra stress on our body. The more weight we gain and the less we want to move. So that issue of gluttony never, ever fills fills whatever that void is. But we keep trying, don't we? So we want to say to ourselves, how am I going to deal with these vices? And am I going to maybe use a very trusted friend, a family member, a doctor, someone that can say to me, hey, we're going to take advantage of this for a time. This is not the rest of your life. So when we think about vices, we were talking about all these different kinds, and we have seven examples of human vices. One is anger, arrogance, envy, gluttony, greed, and lust. And then we have at the end of that list, sloth. Isn't that interesting? Sloth would be the last one, because if you're indulging in all the ones I just read off, you are going to do sloth. You are going to have no energy. So let's think about this. We, we ended with the idea when we talked about greed and we talked about lust. And so lust is this overwhelming craving to satisfy a desire. It doesn't have to be sexual. So it usually is described that way. And it, it usually is about feeling physically attracted to another person. But it's more extreme and self-centered And it may be more of a drive to gratify your own needs and desires without regard to the impact on other people. See, the vice of lust isn't just about romantic interest or love or or, or anything, but rather of self-gratification. It's this feeling 
that I need to feel good all the time. So lust isn't always sexual in nature. It can also refer to an overwhelming drive or desire to own or possess material possessions. We can lust over luxury vehicles, houses, you know, vacations people have had, the way that their body is made, their hair, their skin. Their, we can lust over their ability for sports, whatever that may be. It's this lusting idea that says, I want to have that, and I want to capture that, and I want that to be mine. And so when we, when we get into that, we end up losing all touch with relationship because we're so consumed with lust. And it ends up with addictions. Because the more I'm lusting after something, I am making it that thing that is the only thing that actually makes me happy. Nothing else compares. All of a sudden, everything else in the world is gray. It's none of it's exciting. Hanging out with friends is boring. And so you want to think about this idea that lust is very consuming. And it often leads us to sloth. So while the word sloth is sometimes used to describe inactivity, that approach doesn't really explain what sloth means in the context of a vice. Taking a break to recover from a busy schedule can be good for a person. Sloth is more of a complete lack of effort paired with a habit of laziness. So this is a person, you know, when they are exhibiting sloth, this individual doesn't engage in things that really matter. For example, failing to put effort into personal relationships is an example of sloth, resulting in taking the other person for granted instead of engaging appropriately and wanting that person to flourish because of the relationship we have. See, sloth means it's beyond selfishness. It means I don't have to do anything. I'll just let it all happen. And then if I don't like how it's happened, I'll get mad at people and I'll use anger as my next advice. So when we explore human behavior, I want, this, I want you to think about what this list represents. And it's examples of ways that a vice can show up in people's actions and in their lives. And so learning about common vices and bad habits can be a great way to expand your understanding of human behavior. And now that you have basic knowledge of some of these that are most frequently occurring, you know, you can actually take that and, and really discover, hey, how much do I maybe contemplate or even act out in one of these vices? How often do I do it? How much am I maybe taken over by it? What has happened in my life? How has a, 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 any of these types of habits that you, want to, that you are thinking about, how has that changed my life? How has it changed the way people think of me? And so when we understand that vice, any vice for humans, if it's not managed, will then become an addiction. And so the easiest way to identify this is who is in control, who's calling the shots, how about when it's upside down? This means instead of using a substance for healing and returning to health, maybe not needing a prop or using it for comfort instead of human connection, see, that's when we know that vice has now become something that's being used in an inappropriate manner. 
what happens is that that need for comfort from a human is far more reaching than from a substance. And what, if I'm not careful, I start to desire the company of my vice more than I want the company of my friends and family. See, vices are like the gate of Alice in Wonderland. It's just that miracles can quickly turn into trauma. See, we all have that hidden garden where we smoke that last cigarette, right? Which is really never the last one. So the last dose of anything where we are all enjoying now and we're so into the now that we forget what tomorrow is going to be like because of what we've done in the now. So when we ask ourselves, is a vice the same as an addiction? Well, a vice can be viewed as a weakness or a moral dilemma more than an addiction. See, if the weakness or the moral dilemma, if I don't have a hold on my own code, on my own value system, I will be more susceptible to vices because they're the easy way, right? So not all vices start from a destructive habit, but they do start from a pattern. See, pleasure is something we repeatedly want. And the more often that we want it, the sooner we're going to be losing control. And then what happens is we become addicted to that particular vice. So the general perception kind of leads directly to, you know, maybe drugs or gambling, you know, nicotine addictions, these types of things. It could be sex, could be your favorite drink, right? It could be sleeping. I've treated people that their number one vice is sleeping. So there's nothing wrong with sleeping originally. We all need it. But when it becomes a vice to me, that that's where I hide that's where I don't think. That's where I just shut down and I don't want to be responsible for anything. That now becomes a vice. So somewhere in this intense story about your vice, you know, the privacy, you know, in your own mind that you are thinking and the way that you're scheming and deciding, how can I pull this off and nobody else would know? See, physical addiction is always about emotions and emotional addictions as well. See, the, the physical addiction to something usually happens because the emotional experience we're having, having is maybe too intolerable for us. And so instead of going and getting help and saying, you know, I'm wanting to sleep all the time. I'm, I'm overeating. I'm lying to my friends and my colleagues and my boss because I don't want to go to work. See, these are things, if you can consider the fact that this is the human condition, it's hard down here. I started the show with, life is hard, really hard. It kills people, right? So we don't want to be the ones that are killing ourselves one vice at a time. I want you to think about, if I'm considering a vice, and I do it, and then I keep doing it, and I do it even more. And now I'm hiding it from people. And now I'm not only hiding it, I'm looking forward to it and I'm finding ways to be able to do it. So I'm missing out on relationship or I'm not going to, to class. I'm not showing up at work, whatever that may be. I want you to consider the fact that this is a trap we all can fall into. 
See, our brain is hardwired to want us to feel good. So when we think about people who play sports, and then they just do a lot of sports often, see, and in excess, and then become obsessed with how they look because of what they were doing when they were doing all that sport participation. So here's, here's one of the most accessible examples of a good vice. And this is when we say the good vice that we practice actually changes our brain and rewires it. But it takes a lot longer time than a vice. So when we consider the feeling that we get immediately when interacting with a vice, that's how we usually know this is probably not going to go well for me. If I continue to do it, the end of this story is not going to be a good ending. So we have to decide, are we going to take a hold on our own body and our own mind and make decisions for it? Are we going to take advantage of people that love us and want us to live a life that actually pays dividends and that we're proud of and that we're excited to live in? And this is where we want to make sure that the people in our life also are understanding what we're going through. Because I don't want you to shame yourself and think you're a bad person if you're wanting to interact with a vice because of some event or how hard life is. Maybe a spouse has cancer. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you have a kid that's really floundering. I don't want you to feel guilty because you may want to indulge in a vice. I want you to recognize that that's a red flag. That says, hey, I can take the easy way, indulge in a vice and feel better, you know, temporarily. Or I can actually say to somebody, this is overwhelming me. And if I don't get some support, I'm not going to make good decisions. And I'm telling you, trying to undo the decisions that addictions create is very difficult. It's very possible, but it's very difficult. So I'm so glad you listened today, and I want you to have a great week. And make sure that you continue to tell your friends and family about the show, and I will talk to you again in another week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.